is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore will open for the new academic year, August 29th. Joining us to talk about Catholic education is Dr. Donna Hargens, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Dr. Hargens, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you very much for having me. Great to have you on again. Uh, last year when we spoke at this time, the Archdiocese of Baltimore was celebrating an increase in enrollment throughout the Archdiocese. And uh, by the end of the last school year, I believe there were about 24,400 students enrolled in Catholic schools. And this year you're projecting an enrollment of about 25,000. Could you talk about why the numbers are trending upward like that? Absolutely. We're excited that more students are accessing Catholic education. So we do have, again, a projected increase in enrollment for the 22-23 school year. So for 2021-22, we had about 13,678 students in our pre-K-8 archdiocesan schools. That looks like it's going to be up to 14,000. And as you said, we're privileged to serve in our archdiocesan and independent schools almost 25,000 students which makes us the 11th largest school system in Maryland. What role do you think the archdiocesan response to the pandemic played in all of this? I know, I know that archdiocesan schools open for in-person learning sooner than some of the other school systems. Do you, do you think that had an impact on enrollment? Are, are you seeing some of those families stay within the Catholic school system? Well, I think, again, uh, the, I call it the gift of COVID, was that when we were able to open successfully in a hybrid environment a year ago and then last year in a totally in-person learning environment. We know that that's the best educational environment for students, and we know that parents wanted it. And we appreciated um, our educators who stepped up to provide that experience for our students. So I think that gave people the opportunity to maybe access Catholic education, and then to stay with us because they experienced it. Are there other factors involved in the increase in enrollment? We have really talented educators. And again, our our mission is to provide a Christ-centered, academically excellent environment that focuses on the whole student so that they can reach their full potential, spiritually, intellectually, physically, socially, and morally. And we really have an environment in a Catholic school where we have a really strong partnership with families and a really respectful, Christ-centered environment. And what we find is that those are variables that are very important to families. With the increase in enrollment, you must have increasing demands for staff, uh, teachers and staff. Uh, How are the schools accommodating the increasing numbers? Uh, You're right. We do have, uh, we increased the number of staff. 
and we also have some vacancies. So currently we do have vacancies in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and that's an opportunity. So uh, many people, uh, if, if they retired, we wish them well in their retirement, but it also then is an opportunity for someone else to serve within the Archdiocese of Baltimore within our Catholic schools. So currently we have over 100 openings which is a little bit up from what we uh, normally would have. And we really encourage um, people to spread the word and to let people know that they can visit the archbalt.jobs.net site to view open positions and to apply. Everyone that, you, that I talk to that, is, uh, that serves in the Archdiocese of Baltimore really believes that they've been called by name to serve in the Catholic schools in the archdiocese. So we know that there are more people out there that uh, need to uh, know that there are opportunities available and to answer that call. Okay. And how can they apply again? What is the process for that? Sure. What we encourage people to go to is the site, the website, archbalt.jobs.net. And that will take you to a view of the open positions. And there's a button that says apply here and you can express your interest that easily. And I know one of those openings is actually the the, uh, chancellor's position because at the end of the last school year, Jim Selinger, the former chancellor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore Department of Catholic Schools, announced his retirement. Uh, Could you give us an update on the status of that search? I I believe there was a, a national search that was open for his successor. And that is currently going on, and we have been so blessed to have the gift of Chancellor Jim Selinger for eight years in the Archdiocese of Baltimore and serving the Catholic schools. He has done so much to to create a team to make a strong foundation that we can build upon. So the national search will hopefully find a person that can build upon uh, those strengths but we know that sometimes uh, it takes longer than, than what we had all hoped to find the right person. So, so again, we know that that person is out there and is waiting to literally, again, being called by name to serve in that role. But we're grateful to the chancellor. Do you expect to have someone in place by the end of, the, the next, of this coming school year? Or do you have any, any sort of timeline or, or, or just waiting for the right person? I I think everybody's committed to finding the right person to, again, build upon everything, the foundation that uh, Chancellor Schellinger built. And, of course, he was, as you recall, the first chancellor of education uh, in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. So that was a position that was new uh, that, again, we're grateful that he filled for eight years. And I believe his intention was only to serve three, then it became five. (laughs) <laughs> then it became eight because of his commitment. So again, so grateful to Jim. Every year, the Catholic schools of the Archdiocese take on a specific theme that they carry throughout the year. Uh, could you talk, tell us what the theme is this year and how that will be implemented in the classrooms throughout the Archdiocese? Last year's theme was the Archdiocesan theme, the year of the Eucharist. So we participated in the year of the Eucharist theme, and that was great because our students experienced uh, encountering Christ's presence through the year of the Eucharist and learned about Eucharistic miracles. But what we know is that 
really being united is incredibly important. So building off the theme of year of the Eucharist, our theme this year is one body in Christ. Specifically, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, which is based on Psalm 133, verse 1. So uh, that is really what we know, that we need to create one body in Christ where, as the chancellor would say, we're all pulling on the oars together to build up the kingdom of God. That's what we do. So that's why we're excited about the theme, because it really is everybody united together for the common purpose. It seems like such an appropriate theme in these times that we live in, since everything is just so divided in our culture today. Could you speak to that a little bit about how you're trying to promote intercultural awareness within the school system and among the students? Well, and that has been um, a, a focus for us. And of course, you know that Archbishop Laurie had the anti-racism task force that turned into recommendations and a coordinating council. So I'm proud to serve on the coordinating council that's led by Bishop Bruce Lee Wendowski. And we just finished uh, in the end of July, Intercultural Competencies Trainer of Trainers. So we will be able to go out and provide sessions for all of our schools, and they'll also be provided in parishes. So we know that building capacity in our greatest asset, which are our people, um, is really important. So we're excited about the training that we did last year on the road to Emmaus, which is our faith formation. There's a module called intercultural communication. But now we're going to add on that we're going to be able to have sessions. And the USCCB actually conducted the training. Their whole team came uh, to uh, Baltimore uh, and conducted the training for us. Where was that conducted? It was actually at St. Mark's in Catonsville, and there were 35 participants that participated in the two-and-a-half-day training, and Bishop Bruce Lewandowski was one of the participants. Our guest today is Dr. Donna Hargens. She's the superintendent for Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. This is Chris Gunty, Associate Publisher of Catholic Review Media. I'd like to take a moment to share some exciting news about the Catholic Review. Catholic Review Media will launch a new branding and logo this week when the September edition of the magazine hits subscribers' mailboxes. You'll see the new logo, a big bright CR, and a new tagline, Real Life, Real Faith. But the new look is more than just skin deep. Based on results from a survey conducted in late 2021, the Catholic Review realized that to reach new readers, 
we needed to improve some things in the magazine, as well as our online content and social media. The survey results revealed very high satisfaction with Catholic Review Media, including the magazine. Even more important was the fact that two-thirds of respondents had read all four of the prior four issues, and 86% consider the Catholic Review important in telling the story of the Catholic faith to parishioners like them. In the spring, the Catholic Review received a combined 73 awards from three journalism and press associations, the Associated Church Press, the Catholic Media Association, and the Maryland-Delaware-DC Press Association, which named the Catholic Review Large Non-Daily News Organization of the Year for the fourth year in a row. But we're not resting on our laurels. All our staff has been involved in brainstorming ideas, but hats off especially to Gabriella Ferraro O'Brien, senior graphic designer, who took the lead on reimagining the new look and feel. The magazine will feature bigger, brighter pictures and expanded treatment of feature stories. A new feature, Voices, will seek the reactions of members of the Archdiocese to certain questions, such as, what's the best back-to-school advice you'd give a parent? Watch for the new Catholic Review magazine in your mailbox or online September 1st. For the latest news, subscribe to the Catholic Review's e-newsletter by texting WMET to 84576. The Catholic Review. Real life. Real faith. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Our guest today is Dr. Donna Hargins, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Dr. Hargins, uh, school safety has been such a major issue in recent years, especially in this last year when we, when we had such horrible shootings in schools across the country. Could you talk about ways that the Catholic schools in the archdiocese are trying to make sure that their campuses are safe? Absolutely. The safety and well-being of our students and our faculty and staff members is the absolute top priority that we have. So our Catholic schools maintain robust security protocols, including access control to all facilities during school hours. There are security cameras monitoring entrances. All of our visitors are screened before admittance. And the use of the Raptor visitor software is is existent in every school. So we have a strong collaboration with local law enforcement on preparation and preventative efforts and have partnered with Safe Schools Maryland to provide students and staff with an anonymous safety threat tip line. So all of our schools have emergency response plans in place and host regular drills on evacuation, sheltering, and locking down. And I'm really proud that I was able to attend this last year, the Maryland Center for School Safety's presentation of the Safe School Gold School designation to St. Joan of Arc School. So they received that status 
because they took part in all of the Safe School Maryland sessions uh, for students, staff, and parents. Um, the other exciting thing, again, the partnership with the Maryland Center for School Safety uh, has been uh, to identify a high school that's interested in forming a Safe Schools Maryland chapter. There's only one high school in the state, a public high school that currently has such a chapter, but we are working to create a chapter in one of our schools. Uh, so the students, the chapter members are known as student ambassadors, and really they engage members of their school in greater communities by working with a faculty or staff advisor to promote school safety activities um, at the school-wide classroom and individual levels. So the uh, Maryland Center for School Safety, we're so fortunate, and I told them this, that of their existence in the state of Maryland and that we're able to partner with them. How do Catholic schools try to help students when one of these terrible events happens, such as a school, school shooting that, that have become unfortunately so common these days? Psychologically and spiritually, what kinds of things do you do with the students to, to help them deal with these tragedies? Well, and I think what we need to do is make sure that we have people in place that can support students, even going through COVID. Uh, and, and we provided structure, stability. We provided the support that students needed when they're going through anything or any kind of crisis. So we have counselors in our schools. We have nurses in our schools. Uh, and we also, uh, it was Archbishop Lori's forward thinking about mental health first aid responders uh, to really create training for people to really be able to respond to the emotional needs of students. So I went through the training. Most of our Department of Catholic Schools teams uh, team went through the training, principals, assistant principals, counselors, and then we had close to 160 teachers as of now that have also gone through the training. So we know that building capacity in the adults that work with students can really be instrumental in uh, helping our students. So there is um, mandated suicide awareness training for each of our staffs. Uh, they're aware of the new way to get support. Uh, so, so again, we are current making sure that our staff members are equipped with the tools needed. But I really uh, appreciate Archbishop Lori and Yvonne Wenger, who really have implemented helping us be ready to support students. And it is a difficult uh, world. And uh, our crisis team, whenever needed, uh, for anything that happens in a school, we mobilize a crisis team. And I can tell you that when the Director of Student Support Services calls for extra counselors, extra counselors come from other schools to support an individual schools. So that goes back to our theme, one body in Christ, united, right? When there's an issue, we come together to support families and students and school staff. And this would be across the board, like if, if a teacher tragically died or something like that, you would be able to send in crisis counselors to help the students through that? Absolutely. And I want to even say that we've had situations where our public school colleagues have called and offered 
to send in their counselors to support. So I, I believe that uh, that is, uh, is, is so wonderful that we have partnerships also with our public school colleagues uh, so that we can support our students. And we would do the same for them as well. As you know so well, affordability is always a major issue with Catholic schools and, and private schools. Last uh, school year, the, the uh, Catholic Review did a study of high school tuition, and we found that non-Catholic private schools throughout the region charged about 30000 a year in tuition, which is 79% higher than what the Catholic schools charge on average. So there is affordability there in the Catholic school system, but still that's a lot of money for a lot of families. And, and it's, it's also it can be an issue with, with the elementary school level as well. Could you talk about ways that the Archdiocese tries to keep schools affordable and keep costs down? Well, and we know that, that providing access to Catholic education uh, also takes the generosity of donors and supporters. So for instance, the Partners in Excellence uh, Fund, so that we know that there are many generous people who understand the value of Catholic education that allow us to provide assistance. I am grateful to the state of Maryland for the Boost Scholarship because the Boost Scholarship provides access to families for Catholic education. And there is really even an enhancement in the amount of money you receive if you're a high school student. So that has been very valuable and has provided students an opportunity to access Catholic education and for their families to have um, uh, a choice uh, and to make that choice when financially it might not have been possible. So we know that the number of people that need and the financial assistance requests far outweigh what we can give, but we're proud of what we are able to do and how it helps families. Maryland is, we are uh, so blessed to have generous Catholic donors and other donors who understand that it could be life-changing for a student uh, to provide that, that opportunity for students uh, and that opportunity for financial assistance. So, and I've heard parents talk about uh, and students talk about how grateful they are to those who provided the financial assistance. So uh, again, we I just wanna say thank you to everyone who's been a part of that. This coming fall, we'll have elections in Maryland, which will mean a whole new slate of legislators in the General Assembly, and we'll also have a new governor. How important will it be for the archdiocese and other dioceses in the area to to let those lawmakers know about the scholarship program, the Boost Scholarship Program, and, and the critical need for continuing that program? Well, and again, they have important roles. And we certainly would like to uh, invite them to actually experience uh, what happens in a in a Catholic school and to and to see uh, what our students um, uh, have access to. So uh, we do we have such committed educators, and we do a lot. Uh, and uh, we we would love to give them the opportunity to see it and know of the value uh, of what we're doing. Could you tell us what Vision 2030 is? What is that all about? Well, Vision 2030 is our strategic plan, and that's been our guidepost 
So it has four pillars, Catholic identity, academic excellence, governance, and stewardship. And again, we have uh, strategies that we use, and it's really guiding our work, which is, has been important. We also received national reaccreditation from Cognia during a year where we were navigating COVID. It's all about continuous improvement. And so we were successfully able in a review uh, to obtain uh, reaccreditation status through 2027. Uh, so we're excited about this school year. And I'm really excited about our theme, One Body in Christ, because it does take everybody united together uh, to, to provide a quality Catholic education uh, to our students. And I do want to give a shout out. We always do a logo contest for students, for student submissions uh, for our logo design. And it's open to students in grades 4 through 11. So I want to give a shout out to our winner, Maria Rubio Pino from Resurrection St. Paul, who last year was a seventh grade student and is now an eighth grade student. So she actually did the design that will be part of uh, all the One Body in Christ uh, uh, things that we do this year. So congratulations to Maria and to Resurrection St. Paul. That's great. What is the first day of school? It's the 29th. So teachers report back on the 22nd. Uh, students report back on August 29th. So the Archbishop and I will be at schools and our entire team will be at schools throughout the Archdiocese, just welcoming students back. So, uh, so we're excited to see them. Uh, we appreciate all the preparation of our educators and our principals uh, to get ready, everyone who works. It's all about getting ready to welcome them back on the 29th. Great. Well, Dr. Donna Hargens, Superintendent for Catholic Schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, thanks again so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you for having me. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.